0: been in a series of messages called, um, It All Started in a Garden, and um, the idea for for this series just came out of this thought that, uh, biblically, mankind's beginning was in a garden, the Garden of Eden, and as God created man in the book of Genesis, his first statement towards towards mankind was, uh, he blessed them, and then God put them, put mankind in a blessed place so uh, i recognize that a blessed life in a blessed place is god's original intention and it's actually the ultimate intention i think that he wants to recover for all of our lives that's what jesus went to the cross to bear the curse that adam and eve brought in with their disobedience and now you and i can move back into what god has for us because of a relationship with jesus but, um, but but the thing that I've kind of followed after in this idea is that God placing mankind in a garden creates a, sort of an agricultural kind of picture. In other words, this is a lot more to do than just like this was the beginning. It's like it says something powerful. And um, so I began to think about all the different places in the Bible that Uh, used agricultural kind of analogy and how many, how much of Jesus teaching, how much of the Old Testament, how much of the Psalms, how much of just all throughout the Bible, there's this idea of agricultural kind of pictures. And I I believe it's more than just the, you know, the Bible being in an agricultural society or era. I really believe that it, it tells us a lot about how life actually works, and how God actually works, how the kingdom of God operates and grows. And so um, the Bible is full of all of this agricultural kind of analogy. Now, you and I are most likely not very agricultural oriented. Uh, We live in a technological age. Um, Just this past week, the new iPhone 11 uh, three cameras, um, you name it. But it's amazing to me that every, every iPhone that comes out has got the newer, faster chip than ever before. Faster than the fastest chip. Now, they've got the A13 Bionic. That's a chip. That'll save your life. <laughs> but we're, used, we're just used to stuff going faster. Uh, technology moves things faster. But I really think that a lot of real life happens at agricultural pace more than technological pace. Because how many of you have ever decided, i got to get rid of a little bit of weight? Have you recognized that it, it doesn't come off fast? It's like, you know, one day you're hoping you're down 20 pounds. It just doesn't work like that. It comes off slow. If you decided you wanted to get physically fit, uh, you, you wouldn't do a, a couple of push-ups in the morning and find yourself fit by the afternoon. It comes slow. Uh, actual emotional maturity, spiritual maturity, uh, growth and becoming a mature person, it, it just happens slow. Real talent is developed slowly. Uh, you know, the reps got to be put in. Uh, education comes slowly I mean it's amazing still amazing to me that you've got to have a a child in school for 12 years uh, for an education and then even go on beyond that Uh, and then uh, how many of you have ever tried to, to grow a savings account and recognize it just goes slow and so I think, I think the reality is if we could buy the idea that it, it doesn't all happen fast and, it, and maybe that it happens a little bit more real life, happens a little bit more agriculturally, we could, we could probably get a better handle on what's going on. So the Bible's full of these kind of pictures, the vine and the branches and the mustard seed, the small seed that grows big trees and understanding that idea and trees that bear fruit So today I want to look at a passage um, that is in the book of Psalms. Psalm 92, uh, verse uh, 12, says this. The righteous man will flourish, everybody say flourish, like the palm tree. He'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap. And very green. And, and another verse, Psalm 52, 8, that kind of gives us this kind of idea. As for me, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. So what I want to do is take a look at, at these verses for a few moments and just point out some things that stand out to me. And and first is this is that. We would recognize that flourishing is God's will. Uh, I'm looking for some friends. Flourishing is God's will. That's what this passage is telling us. The righteous man, righteous woman is gonna flourish in the courts of God. Planted in the house of the Lord, they're, they're gonna flourish in the courts of our God. I looked at this word flourish, um, and uh, I think it's, there's a, a bunch of great definition. Uh, one, to be in a vigorous state or thrive. Uh, two, to, to be in its or in one's prime, to be at the height of fame, excellence, influence, or etc. cetera. Number three, flourish means to be successful or prosper. Number four, to grow luxuriantly. That's a good word. Everybody say luxuriantly. Luxuriantly. Come on, that's probably not a word you've used in this past week, but let me just encourage you to put it in your vocabulary. Next time somebody says, how you doing? Luxuriantly. Come on. They'll go, what the heck is going on with you? To grow luxuriantly. I just want to keep saying that word. Or thrive in growth as a plan. Number five to grow well or luxuriantly to thrive, and number six to do or fare well to prosper. And you know, look at all this, and and this idea of flourishing uh, is growing and fruitful and vigorous and successful and thriving and faring well, increasing what i want to say to all of us this morning is you gotta because somebody may have abused aspects of this idea i still want us to go biblical and understand that it is god's intention for your life to flourish it's it's what he wants to do for us third john uh, verse 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Third John 2 in, in, the, uh, in the message says, We're the best of friends, and I pray for good fortune in everything you do and for your good health, and that your everyday affairs prosper as well as your soul. It, it's a beautiful place to be when you can say, it is well with my soul. It like there's something happening inside of here that is happy, that is content, that is vigorous, that is ready to take on life and go for it. That is ready to help other people. That something is beautiful and powerful and so good about flourishing. Now. Flourishing is not a mountain that you have to climb up and somehow attain on your own. Uh, Flourishing is a truth that you embrace. It's a promise from God that you embrace. it's, uh, it's, It's not a test for you to try to prove yourself in. It's really a grace to accept from heaven. And the Bible is very clear about the difference between fruit and works, and why I love the agricultural picture is works is your effort, you're trying, you're straining, you're trying to climb up the mountain yourself, you're trying to make things work yourself. But fruit, fruit is the result of the life that's in a tree. And flourishing is like fruit on a tree. It's not about trying harder, it's about creating the right conditions because That's what God's will is for you. That's what God's intention is for you. That's what God wants to do in and through your life. You you don't just tie apples to the tree and say, Does this all look good? Right? You know, that's what you post on Instagram. Apples, you tie it on the tree. But the idea of flourishing is that you take care of the tree... And it produces apples. And I think the reason it's important for us to, to keep remembering this is life will try to lie to you and tell you maybe not for you. There you go through seasons in your life that it may be a winter season or it may be a dry season, or it just it may be a pruning season. And and you can start to think. This is my lot in life. This is maybe what PK is saying might be true for some people, but not necessarily me. That can happen. Hey, the enemy will try to lie to you. That's what he loves to do and tell you this is not for you, not for you, right? I, the truth is there could will be some religious people that will try to tell you that's not God's will for your life. So. And sometimes your internal narrative is lying to you. In other words, you don't have to believe everything you think. Let me talk to this side of the room. You don't have to believe everything you think. Because how many of you know there's some stupid thoughts that have come through your brain? I know it's true looking on this side. But... (laughs) You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden they're like in that, just in the darkness of night, all of these crazy ideas are going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have one of those? Mind monsters attacking your head. And, and you could talk yourself out of what God has for your life. If you're not flourishing right now in this moment, Please know God has plans for you to flourish in your next season. Proverbs 29, 11, I mean Jeremiah 29, 11, and the message, I know what I'm doing. I mean glad for that. <laughs> I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. This is God's decree. Come on, I'll turn things around for you. That's our God flourishing is God's will for your life. Number two idea is flourishing is for the benefit of others. Now, this has been kind of a running thread for me through this whole series of messages, but it's this idea that that apple trees don't bear fruit for themselves. They bear fruit for others to eat. Or, orange trees bear oranges not for themselves, but for others to eat. And and there's 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 three different trees that are involved in the picture that we're looking at, Psalm uh, 92. And, um, but the first one is a palm tree. second one is a cedar tree. And the third one is an olive tree. A palm tree. <sighs> Bye, summer. <laughs> anybody who's wishing for summer to go away, you're just, we're just not friends. I, I I love you in spite of yourself. <laughs> well, let me, palms are one of the most well-known and widely planted tree families. They have had an important role to humans throughout much of history. Many common products and foods come from palms. They are also used a lot in parks and gardens and areas where they do not have heavy frost. In historical times, palms have... And were symbols for such ideas as victory, peace, and fertility. Today, palms remain a popular symbol for the tropics and vacations. There's a lot palm trees give. Second, they've talked about cedars, cedar tree, a cedar in Lebanon. Cedars are grown for their durable, decay-resistant, scented wood, resistance to weather, such as shakes and shingles are built with cedar, Cedar wood and cedar oil is known to be a natural repellent to moths. Hence, cedar is a popular lining for modern day closets in which woolens are stored. Cedar wood was also used for building uh, in the temple in the Old Testament. So, cedar uh, does a lot of things for others. The green olive tree, uh, it, the Bible talks about this. Olive trees are very hardy, drought, disease, and fire resistant. They can live for a very long time. Listen to this. The olive tree root system is very robust and capable of regenerating the entire tree, even if the above-ground structure is destroyed. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm a... Uh, This is a long time ago, like dating me seriously, but we used to sing a song. I'm a tree, I'm a tree, I'm a green olive tree. Anybody know that song? No? All right. How old are you guys? Uh, In the house, in the house of the Lord. You know, okay. I can tell. We'll get Ryan back out to do some singing for us, not me. Considerable research supports the health-giving benefits of consuming olives, olive leaf and olive oil. Olive leaves are used in medicinal teas. The point behind all this for me is this. The purpose of all of these trees is they produce something useful for others. The the lights have to come on at some point where we realize the value of your life is not about what you get, but about what you give. And, yeah, the the value of your life is about what you bring to the table. It's about what you produce that blesses other people. But the point I want to make is that if you're not flourishing, it's difficult to bring something to the table. God's intention for you flourishing is Others need you to. Uh, I read a little thing I saw on Facebook this past week about just need to tell moms you don't need to be a a perfect mom. Your kids don't need a perfect mom, but they, they could use a happy one. And I think that's pretty much true for all of us. Right? Wives don't they don't need a perfect husband but a happy one, right? This city needs our church and other churches to flourish for the kingdom of God to advance. Churches that are shrinking and folding up are not helping anything. Husbands, your wife needs you to flourish, She doesn't need you walking in the door, grumpy, kicking the cat. Well, you can kick the cat. That's okay. You can do that. Wives, your husband needs you to flourish, right? Bring some joy. I don't I don't have a lot of friends on this point. I'm just going to sit on it for a second. <laughs> See how uncomfortable we all can get for a minute. Come on, that that you're you're in it. You're living. You're full of love and life and joy and vigor and you're bringing that to the table. Come on. If you if you're in a career, we need you to flourish. Yeah, we we need your your business to flourish. The, the world needs your ministry to flourish. I'm just saying, flourishing is for the benefit of others. Third idea I want to talk about is this, that flourishing is tied to your environment. Flourishing is tied to your environment. So Psalm 92, 13 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Huge idea. That flourishing doesn't come by trying harder, it comes by creating the proper conditions. And your flourishing is tied to where you're planted. Like, where are you getting your thinking? Where are you getting your perspective? Where are you developing how you face life? When we grew up in in new orleans and um home of the new orleans saints by the way first place in our division thank you very much somebody rejoice with my with a brother for a minute because you can't be rejoicing about what the panthers are doing so (laughs) i got the mic too bad see ya so but (laughs) I digress. My my wife is going to go after the service, honey. But I remember when we were growing up, uh, my brother, one of my brothers built a greenhouse uh, because he wanted to raise orchids, and he did a great job with it. But the beauty of a greenhouse is you get to create an environment that the orchid could grow in. Because New Orleans is like hot or hotter, um, and... Uh, Are in humid and more humid. And, and so he created an environment that would allow those orchids to flourish. Certain plants flourish in certain environments. Then hear me say this people, that's you. Everybody say that's me. that's me. People flourish when they're planted in the house of God. They do. And the truth is, we are meant to be planted in a spiritual family. We are meant to to be planted in a spiritual environment. Trees trees are meant to be planted. And, you know, every study out there, whether you were to look at um, how well marriages go, Uh, how well kids go, how how well relationships go, you're going to find the the needle always trending towards healthier and better for people who regularly are a part of and planted in their church. Trees are meant to be planted. You don't move trees around constantly and expect growth out of them. I remember when we planted a a couple of Bradford pears in in our yard several years ago, and and they were just—they were maybe eight or ten foot tall at the time. Uh, Now they're huge, way beyond that. But the the young lady that helped us get them and plant them, she said, "This is how this is how these trees will grow: sleep, creep, leap." She said, "The first year or two, it's going to look like this isn't working." the second, third year maybe fourth year, it's going to creep, it's going to grow a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's going to hit like a leap forward kind of idea. I think I th- I think moving around from church to church you got to you got to stay around long enough to get your roots down. You you got to you got to understand that being planted in a church is not just coming to a service once a month. It, it, it's, it's, about, it's about roots down in the environment of the house. And the truth is you need to be planted because you got to be in church for a little while because eventually somebody's going to tick you off. And you're going to need to learn how to overcome it. If you were looking for a perfect church, you probably shouldn't go. Because the minute you showed up, it would cease to be perfect. Come on. Right? So you could you could learn how to overcome offense in your church, or you could go to another church and somebody else will offend you. And eventually, you're going you're gonna to have to grow past, here's how I handle a fence. Yeah, I think sometimes people think planting confines you. But what the Bible teaches us here is that the house of God is big enough for trees to grow in. That, that's, that's why we have to keep big air in the house of God. Big faith, big believing, big worship, big go for it. The the fourth idea that I want to talk about today is flourishing uh, is intended to be a lifelong journey. So, Psalm 92, verse 14, they will still yield fruit in old age. I'm glad that I have that to look forward to. I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> they will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. Hey, listen. It's a, you can make a difference for a lifetime. Don't ever start buying the lie, you're too old. Or, or your day is up. Don't ever buy the lie that you're too young. And, and the, the verse is telling us that full of sap, in other words, flexible, not brittle, not crotchety. There's a word, crotchety. Luxuriantly crotchety, the things you learn in church. I would lean towards the luxuriantly myself. But But people can get, they can get old and stiff and crotchety and no flexibility. But this idea that for the rest of your life, God can keep you fresh. Very green. Something fresh going on inside of your soul. Hey, I've known people that were 20 years old and they were old. Thank you. I I say, let's grow up, but we don't have to grow old. You know, and we've, I believe the Lord really gave us this tact to take that our church isn't 30 years old. It's 30 years fresh. The, this tree is just getting to its prime. Come on, 30 years old. And there's no time for us to rest on our laurels or coast it in or whatever. It's, it's time to keep moving forward. Amen. The fifth idea, only have about 10 or 12 more, but uh, no, two more, two more. Fifth idea is this, flourishing is tied to the anointing of the house. Psalm 52, 8, as for me, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. A green olive tree in the house of God. Of course, we know olive trees produce olives that produce olive oil, which is the biblical symbol for anointing. The anointing grows on trees. Write that down and think about it. The anointing grows on trees. And the anointing of the house eventually flows down to your life. Coffee tastes different in everybody's house. The, it, you can, same, co- I can use the same coffee in my house and make coffee, but use that coffee in your house and it'll taste different. And you got to understand that every church has its own spiritual DNA, has its own anointing. And anointing is a supernatural enablement that can carry you beyond your own capability. And there's an anointing that creates the culture of every every church. Every church has a culture of some kind. And if you'd come around here for just a little bit, you'd find that we have an anointing for worship. Yeah. Big, bold, loud, yeah. loving Jesus. Good times or bad, worship. Yeah. There's an anointing for relationships in this house. There's an anointing for joy in this house. There's an anointing for flourishing in this house. There's an anointing for prayer in this house. And you're flourish. That's why you want to find. That's why you want to find a church that the anointing is creating the life that you want to live. And sons and daughters of the house end up carrying the spiritual DNA of the house that they're in. Psalm Psalm 133 uh, gives us this idea. Behold, how good, how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forever. So what the Bible is telling us is that the anointing flows down from the top. And let me just say this because I don't see it as much as I used to, but I remember when the, the charismatic movement was moving in and there were people who, would, who were in denominational churches and they were touched by the life of God and they somehow wanted to stay in their church and try to change it. And I would always say, you, you're not the one to change it. The, the anointing flows from the top. The anointing flows from, from the head. And I've never seen anybody from within change a church for good. All they've ever done is cause problems when they think they need to change it. And people who want to stay, you you got to adapt to the house you're called to rather than asking it to adapt to you. And I think, I think it's important to recognize that God chooses by His grace to anoint certain churches with certain things, and that's how you know where your church is, right? And I would say, it's I would say knowing this concept. Of course, Jesus is the head of the church; He's the head of every church. But God does appoint leaders, and if you pray for the leadership of your church, because As it goes well for your leaders, it does flow down. Amen. And then, let me give you this last idea, and then we're going to pray together. Flourishing is tied to your connection with Jesus. So John 15, verse 4 and 5 says, Abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you. Be fruitful unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So just follow my thinking for just a minute. The house of God is God's house. So church is God's idea. But the real deal is It's not, you can't just be attached to the house, you got to be attached to the God of the house. So, if you come to this church, or you go to any church, but you don't have a real, personal, meaningful, current relationship with Jesus, everything I've just talked about gets washed out. It, you know, it's been said for years, but it's true. You don't become a car by sitting in a garage. You don't become a Christian just by going to church meetings. You, you, you become a believer by submitting to the God of the house. To really believe the house of God is an environment that's conducive to flourishing, But it's the God of the house that truly causes the house of God and everyone that's in that house to flourish. So I want to pray with you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. And Father, as we're here today, I am fully aware that there are people in this room that they are not flourishing now. And I know every kind of idea could arise in their head. I can remember moments where somebody was putting the promise of flourishing in front of me and how it almost made me mad. And God, I'm praying right now that that gets washed away and a sense of promise and a sense of grace and a sense of you are the God who is for us and you want to help us, enters into every person's soul, into their thinking, into their perspective. You've got plans for a great tomorrow, and we believe that. While your head is bowed, your eyes are closed, I just want to take this moment. Maybe you're here today. You've never really surrendered your heart to Jesus to say, Jesus, I, I know I don't have it all together, but I, I want you to be my Lord. If if that is you, I want to pray with you. Let's take that first step together. Maybe you're here today and there was a time when you look back that you could go, wow, I used to be a whole lot closer to God than I am today. Used to have a fire, used to have a passion, used to want, used to have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God, but you know you're not where you used to be, where you know you could be, where you should be. I would like to pray with you. Let's let's get back on track. Maybe you don't feel confident about where you stand with God. And so I want to pray. Nobody looking around just for the last minute or two that we have left here. If you say, Pastor, I want to surrender to Jesus for him to be Lord, or I want to come back to him, or I want to know for sure I'm right with him, would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anybody else. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. All over the room, God bless you. I I always say this, but it's so important to say that uh, this isn't a call to get your act together. This is a call to surrender. Surrender. Anybody else, just say, pray for me. Let me just, God bless you, thank you. Just, God bless you, thank you so much. Thank you all over the room. Hey, I wanna pray this prayer. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but could we all do this together? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart, I open my life to surrender to your love and to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, and I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.